But um, so anyway, we've talked a little bit about kickball. Uh, but welcome everybody to a new episode of Phoenix Down. Uh, this is we're considering it a game, but at the same time we're we're not. This is slightly an intermission, but we're also going to be talking uh, primarily about a specific game, uh, Resident Evil Six. Game came out in two thousand twelve. A game that Matt and I both purchased the day it came out and have never finished it. Um, we exclusively said that we were going to play this co-op with each other. And, uh, of course, life got in the way multiple times. And um, we decided to finally sit down and actually play through this game. Now, full disclosure, we have not finished it completely. We still have Ada's campaign to do, which is unlocked after you beat the three main campaigns. But I think that we have played a good amount to where we can talk about it. And this will be the second time we have talked about Resident Evil exclusively on this show. Uh, the first, first time we ever did it was a Resident Evil special where apparently we got every fact about Resident Evil wrong, um, which we're good at. And uh, then we played Resident Evil Remake uh, last year for Halloween. So, uh, Resident Evil 6. A question, a quick question about Remake. Have you played the, the re-remake yet? I have not. I, I figured I would wait probably about a year, maybe pick it up on like a Steam sale or something like that, uh, whenever it's real nice and cheap. Because I, I mean, I just played that game. Like, like when we finished recording Phoenix Down, it came out the week later. <laughs> so I was just like, damn, we should have waited. But, you know, whatever. It was for Halloween. And it's always good to go back and dust off the GameCube for me. So, yeah. I, I would have played through it at day one. I mean, I was, I would have bought it and started at day one if we hadn't just played through it. Yeah. Do you, do you, did you buy it or no? Are you just going to wait? I'm like you. I'm going to wait. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to pick up the Steam version because it runs at 60 frames per second. looks fucking amazing. Like I, I watched some footage of that running at 60 frames a second. Holy shit. And it looks really good. Amazing Perhaps. what they can do with a GameCube game. Perhaps that'll be the thing that uh, causes me to finally hook up a controller to this computer. There you go. So Resident Evil 6. Pretty big hype for this game. Uh, right before it came out, uh, they, they, I don't know if they showed off footage of it or if 
it was just like a big trailer, but it was, um, it was pretty hyped for its time. I know a lot of people were down on Resident Evil five, uh, including myself originally. And then we went back and yeah. played it. Cause I think what happened was we saw the announcement for Resident Evil six and we, you know, that's when we played through Resident Evil five together. And the second time around, I was, this is, this is a good game. This was fun. Still not a good Resident Evil game, if you would classify that as a different thing than just being a good game. Yeah. I think it is a good game. It is not necessarily a good Resident Evil game. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, if you ask somebody nowadays, what is Resident Evil, yeah. you're going to get multiple responses for that. You know, people our age are going to say, oh, the old school survival horror, you know, the ones where you have limited ammo and you can die relatively easy and there's a lot of puzzles involved. Um, Resident Evil five and six, I, even four, for 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 the most part, puzzles are there. There's no puzzles in this game, right? It, Resident Evil six has a part in Leon's campaign that it looks like a puzzle, but there's no puzzle involved in it. It's just like, oh, aim your gun at this, and it will light up. You know, so yeah, and it's not like you have to figure out what to aim your gun at. Yeah, it's it's the big mirror that's sitting there. Aim it at the only thing that's not wall. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's it's, it's very interesting how Resident Evil has evolved over the years, and I think it's it's evolved in multiple ways, uh, not just in uh, the atmosphere and the gameplay, but also in the storytelling itself. Um. You know, I, I've been a giant fan of Resident Evil since, you know, 1996 when I played on the PlayStation. And I know, Matt, you have too. Uh, yep. and it's, it started off as a small story, you know, a, a couple of special operative police officers from a city go investigate this mansion that's full of zombies and we don't know what the hell's going on. And then you cut to, you know, almost 10 years, well, over 10 years later, almost 20 years now. Jesus Christ. That's crazy. Yeah. In two Both years, in two years, Resident Evil 1 will be 20 years old. Oh, God. That's scary. <laughs> no, one year. Well, technically one year. So, um, but, it, you know, in, in the, in the, that amount of time, you know, you went from a small story with a small group of characters to, to Resident Evil six, which is this massive story with all these different characters. And, and it's become more of a, an action movie style kind of thing. You know, Resident Evil four still had a little bit of that. You're kind of alone and it's very desolate. And, you know, there's, you're surrounded by guys, you know, it's, it still had that tension that you got from a survival horror game while still being, you're still kind of a badass. Yeah, Resident Evil 6, they were really trying to, like, exemplify the word blockbuster. Yeah. In, like, every way possible. I think, I don't know if Capcom made their money back on Resident Evil 6. I highly doubt it. For the amount of stuff that goes on in that game and the, you know, for its time, I mean, it looked amazing. It still does. Um, 
just the, the amount of stuff that happens in that game and, and the fucking the sheer massive amount of content that's in that game is crazy. You know? It's also crazy that selling nearly six million copies of a game does not make the money back. Oh yeah, that's that's Tomb Raider for you. So it's you know, <laughs> it's one of Capcom's best-selling games ever, and it's a failure. Yeah, it was the same way with uh, yeah, like I said, you know, same way with like Square Enix and and, and Tomb Raider. Yeah, you know, selling that many copies, and they're saying, well, it was a kind of a failure for us. We didn't make our money back on it. You know, and it would be Capcom. Capcom seems to hemorrhage money nowadays. Yeah, I mean, if you sell that many copies and don't make your money back, I think you're doing something a little wrong, or yeah. at least efficient. The the I think I hate to say it, but I think it's Japanese companies in general. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of Japanese companies out there that make a good amount of money, and they do niche titles. Um, well, Nintendo makes money hand over fist, right? Well, Nintendo. Kinda does. But even, it, even when their things are failures, they're not selling them at a loss. Well, that that may be true, but I, I think Nintendo has lost money on the Wii U. I mean, they made fucking crazy amounts of money on the Wii. Uh, but I think that they are slightly losing money. The thing about Nintendo is, is they've been around so long and they're so fucking rich that it doesn't bother them. Uh, that, I think that's the biggest thing for Nintendo. Nintendo is, is the, the one that, that's, that stands out from the pack. Square and Capcom, Konami even, I think, in some aspects. I mean, Konami has pretty much squandered the Castlevania series. I hate to say that, you know, especially with, I, I, everybody knows I fucking love Lords of Shadow 1 and, that god awful piece of shit that is Lords of Shadow Two. Isn't that only one misstep though? I mean, you can't say that the series is doomed with one bad game, can you? Okay, well, do me a favor. Besides Castlevania and Metal Gear, name other games that are successful for Konami. Um, Pro Evolution Soccer. I don't know. <laughs> I mean that that that's that's my thing is that they have two high profile. Game series that that I that I know I'm sure there's plenty of people that's even listening right now that are yelling at their iPods saying oh you got this and this and this but Metal Gear and Castlevania were the two games that Konami was really known for you know I mean those were huge franchises you know even from the eight bit times to now um, and I think they will make money off of Metal Gear Solid Five that name Metal Gear that name will forever make money. I mean, it's, you know, it's it, it, like, like we're doing the, we're doing an entire year of playing Metal Gear games coming up. So there's a reason why, but Capcom, one of my favorite developers, I mean, they have the, the games that I grew up with, man. I mean, the, the, you know, Capcom is known for fucking Mega Man. Are you kidding me? Mega Man, fucking Street Fighter. Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two, one of the, the the most influential and best fighting games that have ever been made. You know, essentially, survival horror. And yeah, well, they they were one of the guys that started the survival horror series. You know, I mean, they they they're they were the best of the best. You know, and it's it, they've you know they, they they still have their quirks. They still have. They're, they're things, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, they're really pushing the, the Dead Rising stuff, you know, I, I, Dead Rising 1, I was a huge fan of Dead Rising 1, you know, I even like 2, 
3 I played on the PC, it wasn't optimized very well. What about this? I just saw this yesterday for the first time that blew my mind, is that Crackle is funding a Dead Rising movie? It's a TV show, I thought. Oh, I thought it was a movie. It comes out in like a week. It may be It may be a movie. I thought it was a TV show. It looked like a TV show. <laughs> yeah, it might be a TV show. And the guy they got, he's not he's not Frank West, but they tried to make him look like Frank West? They got some big actors, I think. Uh, the guy from the Allstate commercials in 24. Uh, was- Keith David? No, that's not Keith David. Um, It's the other guy. I know who you're talking about. Keith David does the Navy commercials. Uh, I know who you're talking about, and I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, there was at least one other big actor for a Crackle-funded movie or TV show. That seems like a big deal. Well, you know, well, Crackle is uh, – what the fuck's Crackle? But, um, you know, Netflix is, is very is, – is they're hitting that stuff. I mean, they you know, people love House of Cards. They're just sure, about – But I mean, Netflix makes money. I mean, Crackle is a free service. Is Crackle a free service? They may have a paid tier, but I use it all the time for free. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. I thought it was just kind of a Netflix alternative. It is. It's, I mean, it's a terrible one. Yeah. It's free. don't have very many options, but they've got that Seinfeld one that's sort of unique. Hmm. Riding in cars with coffee or comedians or drinking coffee in a car or something like that. Right. But the, um, it's, um, you know, I mean, uh, Netflix is about to release the, What's it called? The, the the Daredevil series. Yeah. That's got some well-known actors on it. What about this Powers? Is that first episode of Powers out? I mean, I don't care, but I, I'm yeah. sort of interested. It's out now. It, it just, in fact, I think it came out Tuesday. It's free on, on PlayStation. Plus? Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, I do miss Alphas. I think I'll watch Powers and hope it's as good as Alphas was. Hmm. And hope it's better than Heroes became. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be a 4,400, but, you know, that's a given to me. <laughs> but, uh, fucking email. Every time we record, every time I record a video or do a podcast, I get an email and you get to hear the Star Fox theme. Yeah, so, yeah. One of the guys in my lab has the Mario coin sound. Uh-huh. It's just like message notification sound right. so i hear that all the time in the lab and i always like perk up like uh like a meerkat a little bit <laughs> but uh yeah so resident evil let me uh, so it's a far more interesting game now that we played this third campaign th- all right yeah they're easy to write off for me after the first two so here, here, here's we need to explain a few things. Uh, Resident Evil Six has three campaigns that you can play. Uh, each stars their own characters. Um, there is a campaign with Leon Kennedy and a woman named Helena Harper. Yep. Um, there is a campaign with Chris Redfield and Piers. I can't remember his last name, or that may be his last name. Uh, and then there's one with, uh, Jake Mueller and Sherry Birkin. Uh, you may recognize some of those names if you're a fan of Resident Evil. Chris Redfield obviously is from the very first Resident Evil. Um, uh, Leon is from Resident Evil 2. And Sherry is also from Resident Evil 2. And Jake Mueller 
is uh, a different character. He's a new one who uh, was just recently introduced in Resident Evil 6, but he has a... No. What now? Is a, a pretty solid established place in the lore. Yes, very much so, because if any, anybody who knows Resident Evil, they know of a man named Albert Wesker. And Albert Wesker is the main antagonist pretty much throughout the entire series. Uh, he is Albert Wesker's son. Who, oh, you know, Albert Wesker is obviously dead. Chris threw him into a volcano and then shot a rocket into the volcano and exploded him in Resident Evil 5. So, so not necessarily <laughs> good. No, go ahead, go ahead. I said so not necessarily dead. Yeah, yeah, you can't let's let's be honest here. Nothing stays dead in Resident Evil. And we see that in six. Oh yes. Over and over again. Over and over again. So there's a few things I do want to mention about Resident Evil Six. Uh the, the that that I that I that crop up multiple times. But so originally we had a plan. In two thousand twelve, me and you sat down and said, Alright, we're gonna play Resident Evil Six. There's three campaigns. We can choose which one we want to start with. And through videos and, you know, just hearing about the game and stuff like that, we heard that Leon's campaign is more kind of atmospheric. You know, he, he's in a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. And Chris's campaign, Chris is a, you know, B, BSAA member. He, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a hardened like war veteran. You know, he, he, he's, it's more of an action based, you know, kind of a campaign. While Jake's is kind of like in the middle a little bit while still leaning toward the action stuff. So we decided to start with Chris because Chris is obviously a familiar face, you know, and, uh, we figured that was probably going to be one of the, one of the campaigns that we didn't think was going to be as good as the other ones. And this isn't just like, by happenstance, the way they turned out. I mean, this was a conscious decision from Capcom to tailor the different campaigns towards different play styles, sort of as a reaction to the way people felt about 4 and 5, and there were so many calls for a return to traditional Resident Evil. They were trying to go, you know, let, let, let's give every make everybody happy. Right. Let, let's have a campaign for the people who liked Resident Evil 1 through 3. Let's have a campaign for people who liked 5, you know. And anyone else, you know, maybe they'll fall in the middle. So that's a very deliberate approach to this game that does and does not pay off. Yeah. So Chris's campaign in 2012, Matt started with, did you, you, you play as Chris, I play as Piers, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, so Chris's campaign is complete action. I mean, it's straight up, you know, we're in a war, military, machine gunning guys, you know, shooting stuff constantly. Never really see much of a zombie in his campaign. He's fighting these, what, the Uroboros? Is that what they're called? Yeah. Uh, which are basically, we, we met them in Resident Evil 5 and partially in Resident Evil 4 with the Los Gonados. Uh, these are basically mutated people who are infected with a virus who still use weapons, who are still intelligent. You know, when you aim a gun at their face, they're going to cover their head 
you know, with, with their hands, even though it, that should go right through, but you know, it, they're going to try and dodge out of the way your attacks. I don't like fighting these guys because <laughs> they, it doesn't matter if you are trying to machine gun them to death. They don't stop coming for you. You know what I mean? Even after they die, they, you know, things explode out of them and then they're back up coming at you. Yeah. They, they mutate again and something comes out of them like a giant claw and now they're even more dangerous. So now there's half of a torso walking around with a claw coming out of where its stomach should be. Which, how do they not fall over? You know, when those things come out of the head and then they whip their, like, the head part at you, I, I feel like there's no way that their weight is balanced and that they can stay on their feet. Well, there's a lot of nonsense in these games, trust me. Uh, the final boss of Chris or of Leon's campaign will definitely tell you that. Yeah, that that one defies my understanding of anything physical, <laughs> physical reality. <laughs> so it's um, it, Chris is so is it the beginning of Resident Evil Six in Chris's campaign where he is a drunk? Do you remember that? Oh boy. He, he's a drunk in a bar and somebody comes to talk to him and tells him to, you know, you know, wake the fuck up, man. We got other shit to deal with. Is that at the beginning of his campaign or that at could the, have been the beginning of his campaign or the beginning of Resident Evil 5 for all I can remember? That's that's the thing. Is it I don't think it was the beginning of hell, it may have been the beginning of Resident Evil 5. I can't remember. All this stuff kind of runs together now. But at one time Chris was a drunk. Bad shit happened in his past. He obviously wanted to forget it, but then he becomes, you know, Mister Badass with holy shit, gigantic arms. Yeah, well, how did that happen? I then steroids, man. <laughs> That's the only explanation. <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, he is uh, with these this group that fights bioterrorism, and that that's that's something that that has has changed dramatically. Yeah, in the world of Resident Evil. Yeah, in the world of Resident Evil, it's it, warfare. It, is, it, it is like almost like in Metal Gear. You know, like in Metal Gear, fucking robot people just walk around now. You know, it's just as a part of Metal Gear. You know, um, it's it, 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 in that in that sense, everybody knows about bioterrorism. Most people know about, you know, Bad shit happens in these places, you know, and, and, and they're using viruses to mutate people to turn them into monsters and shit like that. So he's part of the special task force that fights that stuff. I don't know. Chris's campaign is interesting because it, I don't know how these were supposed to be played uh, I, cause it, it originally, how, how, how Capcom set it up was Leon, Chris, and then Jake. Now, I don't know if Capcom wanted us to play those in that specific order, but they gave us the option to play as other people. And there's a reason why is because while you're playing, the other characters will intertwine with their stories. So Chris will eventually run into Jake and Sherry. And he will also run into Leon and Helena. Which is kind of cool. Like, there are a lot of 
like like I, like I said, I think some parts of, of their decisions on how to make this game don't work, but I think that at least in theory and somewhat in practice, I think that's kind of cool how you interact with the other characters and sort of as you're playing, you learn things that the other characters were doing that, that like each playthrough is different of each campaign, but it sort of it sheds light on the other campaigns as well and enriches them. Right. There's there's a double-edged sword to that, though. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, is that, yeah, you are going, and, and, and the cool thing is, is that if me and Matt were playing as Chris, and we were, and when we originally played this game, and we, we, you know, in 2012 when it was new, and we started running into the other characters, they could be controlled by other humans playing their game. You know, because there was multiple times where we would cross paths with like Leon and Helena, and it says, "Oh, these two people have joined your game." You know, and and you're playing with them. You know, and 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 you know, fighting off zombies together and stuff like that. And then when they separate, when we went our separate ways, they would leave our game. Yeah, and that's that's weird to me, but also interesting because as I mentioned to you, th- this game so far comes the closest. To being what I wanted out of the Resident Evil Outbreak games, uh-huh. because I thought those games were cool in concept too. I mean, who doesn't want to survive the apocalypse with three other people? Yeah, and uh, you know, at the time, that wasn't a thing you could do in every third video game that's been sold. Or a lot less you know, <laughs> operative zombie survival online games. So, so there's, I mean, it's interesting how they handle it. Um, yeah. and there's a, there's another game actually in the Resident Evil franchise that is kind of like that, but it's more of a, it, it's more like a Left for Dead kind of game. And that's Operation Raccoon City. Um, now I know a lot of people out there really hate Operation Raccoon City. And I yeah, can, I can just poo on, but I, f- I absolutely adore that game. Yeah, me too. Uh, me, Ken, and uh, Dave played through that entire game co-op, and we had a fucking blast. That, it is a bit janky, but it's fun. It's, it's fun janky. It, yeah, it's janky as shit. But it's it. I mean, it was it was fun. It was it and it was in that Resident Evil universe, you know. And that was because it, I, what I fucking loved about it was you know, crimson heads would show up, you know, and that was the thing. Like you shoot a zombie and then it turned to a fucking crimson head and it'd come after you and stuff. And I was like, dude, this is so cool that they're, in, they're implementing everything that we knew about resident evil and throwing it in this game. You know, I, I loved it. I, I, hell it was even, it was my, it was my number 10, but it was my, it was in my top 10 games of the year, that year that it came out. Um, and like I reviewed it and everything like that. I, even I said, yeah, I think I may have gave it like a 6.5 or a seven. I can't remember. I was like, this game is not really great, but I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> not good in the classic sense. Yeah. See, unlike alone in the dark, I bet you I could go back and play operation raccoon city and have fun. Yeah. I bet you could, because I just played it about a year ago when a couple of my friends bought PS3s for the first time, and that was for some reason I don't know why, but that was the game we decided to play online. It might have been on sale on the PSN or something at the time. Yeah, but we just the three of us decided to play that game together, and it, we had a good time. Yeah, and then they released the DLC for it. And me and Ken played through all the DLC together, and I was like, "This is this is fun." Yeah, it was great. You know, taking on the fucking nemesis and shit. It was real fun. But um, 
So yeah, in, in that aspect, they 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 change it up. They make it more of a story driven, obviously, in Resident Evil Six. But there are interactions with other players, and it's interesting how they do that. But like I said, there is a double edged sword to that. And Capcom's really good at this. And by good, it's not a good thing. <laughs> They're really good at reusing not only assets, but reusing boss fights. Because even though it's cool that we're seeing these stories intertwine, I'm fighting the exact same fucking boss again. Yeah, and and sadly, almost exactly in the same way. Exactly. Like when I had to go jumpstart that bus and drive it through the fence, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Well, see, if I was playing as Leon, I wouldn't have had to worry about that. But you, yeah. you, you know, you stuck me with Helena, so whatever. <laughs> so that's okay. I didn't mind playing as Helena. She was all right. See, she's a badass right up there with Leon. Leon, holy shit, man. This guy's getting some age on him now. <laughs> Supposedly, what year did this take place? 2013? Uh,. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, because the president is killed in June of 2013 in the game. Okay. At the beginning of Leon's campaign. Yeah, so so this takes place in 2013. Resident Evil 2 took place in 1998. And I think Leon, how old was Leon in Resident Evil 2? 21, 22? He was fresh out of the, the police academy. I think he might have been like 21. Exit at 36. Yeah. But hey, he doesn't look no fucking 36. He looks like he's in his mid 40s. <laughs> Maybe it's all that, you know. It's, see, some shit. it's all that. He's seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he most certainly has seen some shit. Uh, but it's um, Chris's campaign. I mean, there's not really much to talk about in Chris's campaign. I mean, it all, it, it's very action heavy. I, I mean, I'm not going to try and get into the major story stuff because truth be told, I don't remember a lot of Chris's campaign. That was, that happened three years ago for me. Uh, I do remember Piers did not make it out alive. Uh, he sacrificed himself at the very end because, well, he was turning, if you remember. Uh, mm. he, he got infected. I remember playing as him and he got infected and like half of his arm was turning into like a, like a, some kind of weapon. It was like a, like a, maybe like a, a scythe or something like that. And he had like electric powers or something. I remember playing, I remember playing and I was like, I was like, I can shock dudes. And so I shocked them and stuff and it was, it was interesting. So it all depends obviously on who you play as to the different experiences. Um, Chris does make it out. I think that's when he becomes a drunk. I could be wrong. As Piers dies and he, he, he hates himself because Piers died. It's a good reason. Yeah. Which, um, Piers also, uh, I think we mentioned it in 2012. I'll mention it here. Uh, in the face, he looks like somebody who used to do a podcast with us. He looks like Mike Futter. Oh, yeah. Who <laughs> now works at Game Informer. <laughs> he, 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 it looks like, it looks like him. It looks like a young, like a, like a 22 year old Mike Futter. <laughs> but, um, it's, um, I don't know. Chris's campaign was the weakest out of all of them, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Uh, then we moved on to Jake's. Now, I don't think we ever started Jake's when this game first came out, because I remember correctly, was it about a year ago me and you tried to do this again? We got through half of a campaign? We got through half of Jake's campaign, and then we never we didn't pick it back up again. Because we had already made it through half of, of Jake's campaign. It might have been early last year, I believe, we finally sat down and said, you know what, let's play some Resident Evil 6. And we started up Jake's campaign, got halfway through it, and we got pissed at the game because it separated us and we had to find each other. And at the same time, you were having internet issues, which, you know, a big shocker. But uh, I can't really remember. So we started playing Jake's campaign. So Jake is... I believe Jake is voiced by Troy Baker. Uh, he plays... It, it, like I said on the N4G podcast, he's douchebag McGee. Which is I, funny because it was designed to be like appealing to Americans. Is that true? Is is that? That's what I read. That they wanted you, to appeal to Americans, so they they created a new American style character. Kiss my ass, Capcom! <laughs> Come on, we're not all douchebag McGees. Come on, this is what a joke. What? <laughs> So Jake and Sherry Burke and Sherry is now working uh, yeah for Simmons but Simmons is what what is what is the company Simmons works for it had something to do with the president no yeah no I thought he was like the secretary of defense or something like some huge I, I thought he wasn't with a company he may have been I can't remember um, well, she works for this guy named Simmons, who is obviously prevalent in this stopping virus outbreaks and bioterrorism stuff, too. And she has gotten information that this man named Jake Mueller holds the key to stopping the C-virus, which is not to be confused with the T-virus or the G-virus or any other virus they've made up in this game. But this new C-virus has been unleashed uh, on a, an American town, particularly at a college. Um, and she has sm very small information regarding Jake saying that he has inf either he has information or he has basically a cure for the virus. Well, come to find out, the cure is actually inside of Jake's blood. He has the antibodies for the C-virus. Well, Matt, I'm calling upon your expertise. Could it be possible that there is someone walking around on earth that has the antibodies for a virus and we can use his blood or DNA or whatever to cure a virus for other people. I mean, not really. I think they can do some sort of transfusions 
where they'll just give you a lot of blood from say a person like that, which will help calm something, but it's not going to cure anything unless you can, you can create a whole lot more of it than you'll get out of someone's blood. Okay. I was just curious. I, I, I knew it was probably not possible. But I just wanted to ask because they generally don't synthesize antibodies directly. You still you generate cells, select for cells that secrete those antibodies, and then you build up those cells. So it takes a while, and you have to do it in a lab. It's not like you you just inject some blood and it's like a replicator, and it's just going to clear a whole body of an infection. Right. Not to mention that those antibodies don't get into tissues; they just circulate in the blood. So any virus that's within a tissue is probably going to be safe, and then continue to expand once those antibodies are cleared. Well, not just that, but, uh, you know, when regarding the C virus, uh, you inhale that shit and you're pretty much dead within about two minutes. And you're now a walking corpse. So I don't know if we, if we even had Jake's blood in a needle, getting ready to stab ourselves with it, if it would even help. Maybe as a preventative vaccine somehow. Maybe. So she goes to get Jake, find him, bring him back to Simmons to possibly create a cure for this virus or a vaccine, I should say. Um, the, the, the problem that I have with some of the story here is that it, it goes back in time a couple of times it shows what happens in the past. Like I think all the snow stuff with Jake and when he intertwines with Chris happens in the past. I don't know how far in the past. And then you cut to later and they're in China Fuck. I can't remember because it, it like where we started, Jake and Sherry were already in China. They were kidnapped and brought to China and they were separated. And that's where we started playing uh, th this time around. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's slightly confusing. I can't, I uh, can't really remember. I'm sure if we all, if we played this, you know, in one stretch, we would remember it. But unfortunately I don't have all that information. So I played as Jake this time around, and Matt, you played as Sherry. Yep, little uh, Sherry. I don't know how old Sherry is now. Like, probably like late teens. She couldn't be that old, because in yes. see, like in Resident Evil Two, when she was with Leon, she was probably like. Five or six? Yeah. So I don't know. And Jake looks like he's probably in his mid-twenties. Yep. So, I mean, once again, we're fighting guys. Like, when we cut to where we've started playing last week for this for this show, um, we're in China. We're fighting guys that have guns and when you shoot them, they mutate into something worse. 
Yeah, all kinds of different things. Yeah. Sometimes their bodies kind of like burn and then they turn into like a cocoon and this weird like bug thing comes out of them. And then sometimes they just have like a, a claw come out of their body and try and slash you. This guy's really annoying. <laughs> yep. Um, I bring it up here, but I'm going to bring it up also in, in Leon's campaign because this game, like I've said, is, is trying to be more cinematic and it's trying to be kind of like a crazy action movie explosions, fucking everything, everything fucking explodes in this fucking game, everything. And the thing is, is that it would be totally fine if it took place in a cutscene. Or in Resident Evil fashion, since it's been around since Resident Evil 4, it's kind of like a cutscene, but there's quick time events. Now, everybody, everybody in the video game industry and video game players hate quick time events. I get it. Yes. Everybody hates quick time events. But sometimes they're necessary. Example. I'm playing as Jake. And we're in a gigantic fortress. We go to investigate the front door to leave. And a tank goes through the door and runs over me and kills me instantly. We had no idea a tank was going to come through that door. Because it's for humans. Yeah. And it, there was no indication whatsoever. There was no quick time event button prompt. Oh, you got two seconds to hit a button to dodge out of the way. No, it just hit you and you died. Start back from the last checkpoint. Um, that's fucking annoying. This game does that a lot. But at the same time, they do a lot of these quick time event things where if you miss, you automatically fail and you have to start back from the last checkpoint. Uh, particularly anytime somebody has to climb or that god awful fucking section with the motorcycle. Yep. Oh my god. I at that point I wish I was Sherry and you were driving cuz holy shit. Resident Evil 6 is not a driving game by any means. Yeah, I mean one small consolation is that they're they are fairly liberal with the checkpoints. Yeah. That doesn't make it, you know, that makes it better, but nowhere near good. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, we're, we're doing that. We, you know, we, we, we do the whole motorcycle thing. We, a whole bunch of fucking John Woo shit, like with, you know, there's a, a transfer truck coming and it's jackknifed and we have to slide under it. And then we pick the fucking bike back up and keep going. I was like, come on. How many, yeah, there's how many helicopters and motorcycles? Yeah. There's, there's so many, something's exploding. You're jumping ramps. You know, you're landing perfectly. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, sure it works, but I'm just like, you start get fatigue. It's, it's really bad. You know, it's like, oh my God, it, it's so, it was to a point where I could tell you exactly what was just about to happen. That's going to explode. Something's going to fly. 
you know, and I mean, it was, it was bad to the point where Leon was like, what are we going to do now? We're going to go to China. And then two seconds later, he says, we're going to go to China. I was like, no shit. (laughs) This is, you know, it, it, it became predictable, unfortunately. Now there were a few plot twists here and there. Well, I mean, even aside from that, there's sort of the impact that it has on the meaningfulness of any event. Yeah. Like, you get in a car, you know, who cares? It's going to explode. You finally kill somebody, you can't feel good about it because he's not dead. It doesn't matter how many times you've killed him. Yeah. He's not dead. He's coming back. So, I mean, that's sort of, I don't know if it was just there to lengthen it, but you, you sort of, like, things lose some impact when everything is so fragile and everything comes back again. I mean, it, it it's sort of like the idea of, of a video game in general. Like, oh, it doesn't matter if I die, I'll just restart. Yeah. Like, it, you know, a life or life in general becomes more meaningless if you can just re- restart in the same way that a boss fight should be a big deal. You should feel good. I mean, I mean, not, I guess not, that's not a, a universal necessity, but in general... You know, you finally beat this boss that's been chasing you. You feel good about it. Yeah. And in this game, you you don't really because all you've done is delay it for another ten minutes. That's that's the thing about this game, particularly in Resident Evil Six, is that they nothing <laughs> bosses don't die. I mean, it's that that was the thing. It was, it became almost comical. It was like, yeah. oh, he's back again. You know, the first time it happened, oh, he's back, trying to shoot him. And I mean, I'd like to hope that the design decision wasn't as simple as, well, if they could have a boss fight, wouldn't it be six times as good just to have six fights against the same boss? Because it's not. I mean, you know, there's diminishing returns there. Yeah. Resident Evil 6 is all about its set pieces. you, you You are traveling from set piece to set piece. That is exactly what you're doing. Um, and it's some of the stuff is just so convoluted. Like Ken sent me a link to basically a spreadsheet of all the moves that you can do in this game. But for some fucking reason, Capcom decided we're not going to put, you know, we're not going to show you how to do those moves. You know, <laughs> there's so many times where I aimed a gun at somebody and I, what I wanted to do, and like I do in every third-person shooter, when you see an enemy, you pull your gun up, and what do you start doing? You start backing up. That's how yep. you always do it. Okay? That's all I fucking wanted to do. Especially with Helena. Helena likes to do some swan dives. Because every time, I would pull my shotgun up to shoot a zombie and then back up at the same time to get some breathing room. Instead, she would do this fucking swan dive backwards and land on her back. And then I'm like, okay, I'm on the floor. I didn't want to do that. Get up. You know, I'm just like, and I'm like, what is making me initiate this? You know, nothing tells me, Oh, you're doing some type of button combination that makes you do that. It's the same way with, uh, like even during some of the mi- like loading menus and stuff like that, they give you like hints of this stuff. So the, apparently there's like a quick shot where if you hit L1 and then R1 really fast, like bam, bam, like that, the, you will just automatically shoot your gun and, and target somebody and hit him. I'm just <laughs> like, w- there really is no point to that unless you're trying to get away from something. 
and other than that, most of the time you can now move and shoot. There's no need to do that anymore. You know, I think that I think that's one of the problems. Is Another that, example of them putting too much in the game. Well, it's not that they're putting too much in the game. They're still living in the past a little bit. Because if you remember correctly, Resident Evil 5, you still couldn't move and shoot. When you aimed, you, you stood. You couldn't move. Right? So, and, and I think they still had that mentality in their mind when they programmed this game. But then said, well, you can move and shoot now. So we're going to give you all these special tips to to... To, you know, because people, I guess they think people aren't used to moving and shooting. And it's like, you're, you're kind of living, you're kind of programming this game backwards when you should be programming it for third person shooting that everybody knows now. You know, somebody, if you, if you took a guy who has only played Resident Evil games, this stuff might be helpful to them because they're not used to moving and shooting. Me and you, have played a shit ton of third person shooters in our day. We know how they work. You know, that's, that's, and it's very interesting because that's a whole nother topic it is stuff that we kind of take for granted. Cause it was very interesting. It, it, it was an observation that I had made, um, when trying to get my ex girlfriend into playing video games. She played. Super NES, NES, 8-bit stuff, 16-bit stuff, stuff that didn't have a dual joystick. And when I sat her down in front of like Skyrim or something like that, she 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 would walk forward, stop, use the stick to turn and look. I'm like, you're not going to get anything done doing that. She could not wrap her mind around using two two joysticks to move and look at the same time. And I think that's something that we kind of take for granted. Gamers that, yeah. that play a lot of games nowadays, we kind of grew up with this stuff and we kind of just learned it. Now it's fucking second nature to me. That was another yeah. thing. I had a friend who really couldn't do like twin stick shooters. Yeah. Just couldn't, couldn't conceptualize moving in one direction with one thumb and shooting in a different direction with the other thumb. Hmm. It's, so, it, uh, it's interesting. That guy. Yeah. That was a whole thing. I was like, man, I'm like doing a study over here, like writing fucking notes down and shit. Cause it was like, it, it was, it was very interesting. I was like, so that was one of them. The other thing was, I'll never forget it. I was sitting there. It was lollipop chainsaw, which truth be told, lollipop chainsaw is not a very difficult game, but she was watching me play that. She fucking hated it. Thought it was stupid, uh, which it was stupid, but, uh, you know, I was just pulling off combos left and right. And she was like, how are they? you've had this game for, for 15 minutes and you're all, you're already, she said, quote unquote, a master at it. I said, well, I'm definitely not a master at it, but it's small things that, you know, like, like I said, playing Resident Evil with you, this isn't my first rodeo. I know how a third person action game works. X is going to be your light attack. Y is usually always your strong attack. There's usually a dodge roll. You know, there's, and, and they're all usually mapped to the same buttons. You know, it, it's, and, and when you have a game that, that, that kind of turns those around, you know, it mixes them up and stuff like that. People's like, well, I, don't, I can't play this fucking game, you know? And then people are looking in the options to see if they can change it and stuff like that. And it's very interesting. I, like, this is a whole nother topic and I'm, I'm going off on like a whole, inverted controls. Well, like inverted controls. You fucking freaks out there. With your inverted controls, you're out of your mind. (laughs) 
how you play <laughs> inverted is beyond me. <laughs> oh God, my old roommate did that shit. He's like, he, he, he was, it was, he did it with every fucking game. He did it with Dragon Age and he couldn't beat this one part. I was like, here, let me try. And I started, I was like, what the fuck have you done to this game? <laughs> it's like I inverted controls for a fucking RPG. It's like for Dragon Age. <laughs> it's like, this is stupid. But it's, uh, some people are like that. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm poking fun at people that use, that use inverted stuff. I know Ken does. I just, holy shit. There is no way in hell I could ever do that. So, but anyway, that's that, like I said, that's a whole other topic to go off on. That might be a good topic for an intermission show. It's just stuff like small things that is almost like muscle memory to us, you know, particularly with video games and stuff like that. We just, we, we know how to do this stuff immediately, you know, and it's just very interesting, but yeah, Resident Evil six, Jake's story, half and half. It's still very actiony, but there are some moments of, oh shit, we gotta go, stay away from me, monster. And then you go to Leon's campaign, just like we suspected. This is this is the best campaign in the game so far. We have not, like I said, we haven't done Ada's campaign yet. To me, it was. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, most definitely for me, it's it's really that atmosphere. I mean, there's still no shortage of ammo to the point that I can't pick anything up in the game because my entire inventory is full of ammo. What the fuck, man? I that why why so do if, that? If limited ammo is a requirement for survival horror, then this is still not survival horror. I mean, yeah. take the survival out of it, barely it's even horror, but. I mean, it, you, know, you could still probably call this action horror to some degree, but they certainly at least make an attempt, although they're not very successful at being subtle about anything in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, take, for example, the beginning of Leon's campaign where we're forced to walk. Like, we're not even sure how or why or for what reason or in what areas we're being forced to walk. It in no way enhances the atmosphere of those scenes that we have to do that in. In fact, yeah. it's comical, disorienting, and, and somewhat frustrating because we don't really know what's going on control-wise. It con- contrast that to uh, the scene at the beginning of Mass Effect 2 where they take away the sound and you're just walking. It's a short scene. Yeah. I'm sure you remember. I mean, that's a scene where... That scene is made by the silence and the lack of lack of running. Yeah, I mean that that's one of the most impactful scenes in that game, and then that's a good game full of great scenes. Whereas they they take a you know not a similar approach, but you know a similar concept, and it just it adds absolutely nothing to this scene. Yeah. So it, it, in in some parts it's you know it was distinct design choices. Here it was a design choice where it just it's just the execution just doesn't work. Doesn't help. Doesn't add anything. The, the I think we finally came to the conclusion that it was partially trying to be atmospheric, but also we couldn't get in front of the guy that we were following. Yeah, but like we 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 catch up to the guy. So if he got too far away from us, they would allow us to run again. But then when we got up close to him, we we go back to the 
you know, slowly walking kind of deal. You know, and I don't know why we're walk, you know, why are we walking when we're trying to find his daughter? You know, it was, it, it I was care. What say it again? So walk a little faster if you care about finding her. Yeah, no shit. So it was, it, it, it was weird how they did that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, Leon starts off. I missed the opening cutscene. Um, the president. What the? What happened in the in the opening cutscene? I still haven't seen it. So you tried to explain it to me, and I'm just like, okay, the president's dead. President of the United States is dead. Yeah, it's just short. Basically, he the president's turn turning and then turns, and then Sherry doesn't want to shoot him, and then you mean Helena. Helena, yeah, Helena doesn't want to shoot him, and then there's some. You know, he's slowly walking towards her. She doesn't want to pull the trigger. And then I think in the end, Leon just does. So this was after the the gas was released? Yeah, although I don't think they showed that in that cutscene. Or if they did, I, I didn't see that part. See, my question is, how did Helena and Leon escape the gas? How did they not get infected? While practically everybody else, so was the was the president like talking? It was speaking at a college. Is that why he was there? Good question. Because we are at a college. That's where, that's where this takes place. But it looks like it was like, like there was some kind of banquet being held there. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Show that. I mean, if that's the implication. Yeah. So we are in. I can't even remember the name of the damn town but it's a town with a it's a college town that has been hit by this some type of gas has been released into the public and it has turned everyone into zombies they, they it kills them almost instantly and then they are now walking dead um and this is the campaign where you're fighting some zombies finally you know it's a, you, and I'm not talking about like Guys who they see you shoot, aiming a gun at them and they'll sidestep you. And every time they fucking sidestep me, I fucking miss. I swear to God, I, like this game, it, like the, the simplest fucking thing of them just like, oh, I'm going to move over here now. And I, I, I don't know how to fucking compensate. I'm just like, oh shit. And I'm just, and then, then they hit me or they jump on me. So many times I got like, so many cheap hits on me and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Maybe I should be doing swan dives. Maybe that's my problem. But this, uh, but the zombies are real zombies. They're you know they're shambling. They're kind of coming to you real slow. Um, headshots normally work on them. Some of the earlier ones seems like bam one headshot they're dead. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Leon's basically traveling through this college, through this town, trying to escape this town that's completely full of zombies now. Um, then we, we, we actually run into survivors and it turns into a full blown like zombie movie. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. Well, we go to the cathedral, meet all the people, right? Well, before that, see, we're trying to make it this cathedral. Helena is telling Leon, look, we got to get this cathedral while Leon has his, his uh, communications officer, what, what, what was her name? Shit, I can't even remember. She was in Resident Evil 4. Uh, oh, yeah, we're talking to on that fancy cell phone. Yeah, the fancy cell phone lady. Um, 
talking, they're telling us we need to go to this cathedral that's in the kind of like the outskirts of town. Um, there's something there. So, uh, but now if you remember correctly, when we were still in the city, we got totally like Resident Evil two vibe running through the city and we run into a bunch of survivors at a gas station. And then we, you know, us and the other survivors move over to the gun store, you know, lock ourselves in the gun store, have a big standoff with a bunch of zombies there too. That was really cool. I think it was, it's a little haphazard because Resident Evil six is so fucking frantic. Yeah, like there's so many times where I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like so many times I ask that question. I'm just like, is there something behind me? Something's hitting me, and I don't see where it's at. You know, there's, there's so many times in this game where I'm just like, I don't like it. it, it and it's small spurts of something, something's hitting me. I don't know where it's at. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's also the, a lot of the weird, like interacting with the environment. You can crouch and you can slide over things that sort of there's a lot of little stutters occasionally when you're about to do something yeah so it's um but yeah i thought that the whole you know getting with a band of survivors and and locking yourself up in the gun store and and all that stuff was kind of cool um but uh, once again like much like the tank that came through the door and ran me over me playing as helena I was at the gas station, and for no fucking reason whatsoever, an ambulance comes and slams into me and kills me instantly. <laughs> and I'm just like, where the fuck did yeah. this come from? You know, no exit square, quick time event to get no, out. No, yeah, way. no, 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 hit X now to jump out of the way. No, it was like you're dead. You have been slammed in between this ambulance and a concrete wall, and now you're dead. And we had to start over from the last checkpoint. Some of that stuff is just really annoying. And uh, like, I don't know the fucking design choices in this game just kind of just blew me away. I was like, really? Why? Like, okay. So now we know not to stand there when that in game cutscene happens, you know, it was, it was so weird. Cause it's a cutscene that, that takes you out of the action. So you see the ambulance bust through the cars and start slamming toward the, toward the, the, the gas station. And then it cuts to me getting hit by a fucking ambulance. And I was like, well, you didn't even give me enough time to get the hell out of the way of something that's coming. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're not in that area, it's kind of cool to see the cutscene and then see the ambulance slam into the wall. But if that's the, you know, if that happens right next to you, but if that's the case, they should at the very least guide you out of there. And, you know, perhaps they should not allow you to be in that area where the ambulance is going to hit. That, that, it it boils down to that should have just been a cutscene. Yeah. So I mean, the, you know, if you wanted to show me something cool, show it to me in a cutscene, because that's it. It becomes a chore at times. Unless they wanted it to be like a like a close call type of thing. Yeah. Like oh, that thing almost hit me in the real game. But you know that it, it's that's not a cool thing if it actually does hit you and kill you. Yeah, and you have no control over it, except. Next time, I know not to stand there anymore. You know, it's just it's, it's, it's weird how they handle that stuff. And then we well, we jump into a school bus or some type of a bus, and uh, all the survivors burn up in a car crash, <laughs> except for us. That was, that was weird. It was like it, there was numerous survivors. Um, we we all thought we escaped. 
then the bus driver decides he wants to ram a bunch of uh, zombies, hits too many, goes over a ravine, and crashes the bus. Leon and Helena are the only ones to get out, and then the bus explodes with the people in it. Yeah, it's like a tractor trailer come and hit it. Yeah, 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 because it was it was kind of like teetering on yeah. on the cliff. Yeah, yeah, like Uncharted Two style. Yeah, that, I mean, that, once again, it it's nonstop fucking action. That's the thing. And that's, yeah, not only have you been in a bus accident, but here comes a tractor trailer to smash into you for another explosion. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like I said, it's halfway comical at times. It's just, yeah. you know, like I just, of course, this is going to happen. Plane crash. Here comes a plane. Then all of a sudden, kaboom! And then all of a sudden, oh, here comes one of the fucking engines. And then we got to dodge, you know, slow mo John Woo dodge. I'm, I'm waiting for doves to start flying. You know, it's just, it, it, it's it's nonstop action and i understand that's really cool but at the same time holy shit guys it it works for a two-hour movie it doesn't work for a fucking 20-hour video game yeah i mean what it really does is it resets the baseline like instead of having slow emotional moments that are punctuated by you know action when the whole thing is action it, it loses you know the intensity yeah, I mean, it's just normal. Then it it's not exciting anymore. Yeah, and then we make it to the cathedral. Had to go through the the graveyard, of course, and we're we're fighting. Apparently, it just brings stuff back from the dead that's been dead. I don't know how this works because those those zombies look like they crawled out from their graves. But anyway, so we fight those. Fight the fight, run into some zombie dogs. You know they're they're going full on like Resident Evil one and two on this one. Um, there's a couple of sections where we get separated uh, during the uh, in the cemetery. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're actually called. The um, then we finally make it to the to the uh, to the cathedral. There's a ton of survivors in there, like like over twenty people. Uh, and they're like, are you guys with the rescue team? We're like, no, we're not. And they're all sitting down sad. And then we're, we got to explore this cathedral. And th- th- there was supposed to be a staircase there, but now it's closed. Oh, puzzle time. Which was. Yeah. Puzzle. It, it sure. Yeah. It, uh, you got something, you put it down and it starts opening the thing. And then you go through these two tunnels, but you're side by side with each other. And you have to aim your laser pointer on your gun at mirrors so it opens doors. But again, you have one thing you can possibly aim it at, really. Yeah. And then the bell towers. you got to ring the bells by shooting them with the sniper rifle. Yeah. So it's... And then we make it down into the lab that is under the... Cathedral. It's also a place where they're doing some crazy ass experiments. I'll tell you one thing though, that whole putting in the number thing. You know, the the one oh three, one oh two, whatever. Trying to figure that out. That was yeah, kinda that true. that was kinda clever. Yeah. Cause you kinda had to work together because you know, you couldn't see the numbers and I had to be the one typing them in. You know, it was it was interesting. 
it, it worked for what it was. It wasn't difficult by any means. Um, I think, I think we got stumped the most trying to find places either where A, there's a ladder or B, there's a place where you can hit circle and you can throw me somewhere. Yeah. Cause if it's not marked and you're just scanning the environment and you don't see it, then you don't really know where to go. Exactly. So it's, you know, there's, there's multiple times there, but in the lab, we, we, we see a tape of, uh, an experiment taking place and it is a, um, it's a weird cocoon thing and out of the cocoon emerges this fucking like person covered in goo. And when the goo drops off of her, turns out to be Ada Wong. And then it says, you know, happy birthday, Ada on the tape. And so we're like, okay, what the fuck is Ada? <laughs> Cause we've ran into her multiple times throughout this campaign so much. In fact that, Oh, when we're back, had a little bit of an issue, but that's okay. Talking about Ada Wong and what the fuck she is. She's, I'm guessing this, these experiments are basically making clones of her. Um, and, um, like I said, uh, the campaigns, the other campaigns we played, particularly Chris's, she dies straight up, falls from a building and they see her dead body. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing there are multiple Ada's. Oh yeah. I'm guessing. I don't know, but I guess we'll find out when we play Ada's campaign. Um, which I do plan on doing probably next week sometime <laughs> if we have a chance. But, um, so that's, that's the big reveal, uh, toward probably the middle of, uh, Leon's campaign. Uh, the other thing is, is that, uh, Helena acts like she's been here before. She's got to show Leon something and she won't tell him what. We'll kind of find out. Simmons, uh, the person that is, uh, Sherry's boss has, I guess, been doing these things, experimenting on people and, uh, uh, I guess cloning Ada. I'm not too sure, but at the same time, he has Helena's sister. Um, in fact, it showed, I think like a week earlier, Helena and her sister were being held captive and he takes her away and uh, lets her go. And now she's coming back to get her sister. Well, we run into good old sis, Deborah, Debbie, Debbie. Yeah, Debbie. Uh, unfortunately, Debbie did not make it. She has been mutated into yet another monster we have to fight. And, uh, multiple times. Like uh, in Resident Evil 6 fashion, we're going to have to fight her multiple times. We fight her once, she doesn't die. Fight her twice, she doesn't die. Finally, we fight her. Third time, she's dead. Kinda. 
didn't she just fall into like an abyss and we can't find her anymore? Or, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which in the, which in this universe means nothing. Yeah. No, they'll they'll climb out, trust me. Um And then now we're in like this catacomb area, this part of the cathedral. Um and we have to escape. And we spend a good amount of time in this catacomb area. Um yeah. trying to make it out, uh get separated multiple times. Um and we run into a few new zombie monster guys to fight, uh, particularly the the screamers, as we called them. They would scream really loud, and when we shot them, they would fall to their knees, and then they start screaming, and then they, their chest would open up and reveal a bright orange thing, which in Resident Evil means you shoot that, and that would kill them. And then we ran into the the, the kind of like the the bloaters, the real fat. Zombies that run around, take a lot of shots to kill. And, uh, the, I can't remember what the official name was, but we deemed them skin crawlers because they were basically like a regular zombie, but when you shot them, their skin would fall off and especially just their muscles running around. And it takes a shit ton of shots to kill these things. Yeah, you got to get them like, cause they, they kind of fall forward onto their knees. Yeah. And you really get that, that, Soft spot in the chest. Yeah, we, we didn't do. We just pretty much kept shooting them most of the time. But those, uh, those were very interesting. I liked how we just we came up with our own names for them. Yeah, I like that. Like we call them. Oh, it's a skin crawler because the skin falls off. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. Uh, you know, we had we had all these funny things to call them and stuff. It's actually really fun. Um, I didn't mind. This part, there wasn't that many "quote unquote" cheap deaths. Yeah, the the overarching boss of this area was a mutated shark. Because why not? Um, it was a giant shark. There was a few times where I'd have to open gates for you. You'd have to open gates for me while we were separated, and then you had to jump into the water with the shark and try and swim. Yeah, uh, swim to me, and I was trying to shoot the fucker. That was actually kind of cool. Yeah, and I can see it coming up behind me. Yeah, it was like, great. Ripples in the water, and I'm like, I'm hammering on X, trying to swim faster. <laughs> it was actually uh, that's actually a really good scene. I have to give them that. And then like the, the final escape is us going through a fucking like a water tunnel. So there's like a. Like you're almost like doing a perpetual waterfall, but going through a tunnel at the same time. And we're being chased by the shark. And we are basically, we turn to the shark and are shooting it in the face while going down this pipe in water. It was, I need to back that up because there's a couple of times where we're underwater and we are fighting the shark underwater. He has me in his mouth. And you're trying to climb the shark, grabbing its fins. It has multiple fins. And you're climbing to me to get me loose. And I'm like, how are we not dead by drowning? We've been underwater for like two minutes. Yeah, there's marathon swimmers. And so, but yeah, the final part when we're going through that tube, basically getting flushed away. uh, We're shooting the shit out of it. It just so happens 
like from behind us, a TNT barrel just flies over our heads and goes straight toward the mouth of the shark. I'm like, of course. Why? Yeah. Why not? Why? Yeah, you know, shoot the TNT, and then this goes into slow mo, and somebody's got to shoot it, and it explodes. And how? What? It's just like it, that right there was kind of like where I was like, really? I mean, it, at the same time, I was like, of course that's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm like, really? You're going to be that fucking cheesy? Yeah, I mean, we can't even have done anything to release the barrel. I mean, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't it unless you, it was on your screen. No, it just, it just flew right over our heads and that, oh, there's a TNT barrel. Yeah. I mean, it, even if it, if we had done something earlier in the level to release some barrels somehow, even if, even if that's not an explanation of why that one's flying, at least it would have tied in somehow, somewhere. But there's nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't. Not that I can recall. There's no reason whatsoever that that barrel should have been there in game. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Kill the shark. We get flushed out. We're we're in the uh, we're in a, like a lake. Got get out of the lake. We see that we know that Simmons is now the main villain. We're gonna have to take him out. We're coming for you, Simmons. He's going to China. So we're going to go to China too. Now we're on a plane. Next chapter, obviously. We're on a plane. And the plane gets invaded by fucking zombies. Obviously. Yeah. It, like some of the gas, that the, the C-virus gas or whatever is emitted on the plane. The, the, uh, the, the pilots are affected first. So during this entire time, apparently our, our plane is, is either, either in autopilot mode, which I can understand, but it, it's not because we had to pull up multiple times. And we're just kind of cre- careening down to China. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It, every, everybody on the plane turns into zombies and we're having to fight zombies on a plane while it's, while nobody's flying it. And we crash land the shit out of that thing. That's, that's, that's the, it, it was in, uh, Jake's campaign where we see the plane go down. I was like, oh shit, there's a fucking 747 going down. And oh, coming up and out, that plane's got Leon on it. <laughs> and then we get into the, when we crash land, we, we, we immediately go right into that boss fight with Jake. And uh, and Sherry fighting that guy with the arm, who had been following Jake for like I don't know how long since the, like the the snow part. Is that thing's name Ustanak? It could be. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think that's I think that's who that is. That the one we fought down in the in the snow cave. Yeah, I think that's him. And it showed up in China. Or maybe we were always in China. <laughs> no, I think I thought they started out in some weird Eastern European made-up country. Hmm. So yeah, um, now we're going to try and find Simmons. We tell Sherry, "Hey, your boss. He's an evil guy. Don't need to be around him." 
and uh, we 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 split up from Sherry and Jake, and uh, eventually meet back up with them. But first, we got to fight a bunch of zombies because uh, the the when when does that happen? It happens, but yeah, it happens after the first meeting with with uh. With Simmons, right? It's it, we we do the whole thing with where we meet back up with Sherry and Jake, have that cutscene with Simmons. Simmons is like, "Yes, I, I it was me all along, haha." And um, for the good of the country, yeah, for the good of the country. Um, and we eventually run into Chris, yeah. Uh, Leon and Chris run into each other because they're chasing after uh, Ada. They see Ada and um, Leon's trying to get to her. Right after we fight the Roombas? Yeah. She's like she's setting up all these traps for us. And we eventually made it. There were so many times where like, oh, you, you can make the you can either take the elevator or you have to take the stairs. And it, it all depends on... So we're, we're so Leon and Helena are in a room that is split between a wall. We can hear other people on the other side of that wall. Kind of find out those other people on the other side of the wall is Chris and Piers. And so they're, we're trying to get to the same spot. So if we take too long uh, dodging these lasers and shit, uh, Chris and Piers make it to the elevator and we have to take the stairs, which is like not even two seconds yeah, you know, it's just, it, either way you're gonna get the exact same result. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting how they did that a little bit. Yeah. So eventually, corner Ada, and you know Chris and Leon have their standoff. It's like, gosh, she's the one caused all this, and he's like, yeah, well, Simmons is the one that's killed. You know, he got the president killed, and he's doing all this crap. And um, so we 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 allow, we you know she escapes, Ada escapes, and we we go after her. Um, because Leon's got he wants answers, and Chris goes off to uh to do his own thing. Uh, which I should mention before going after Ada. Simmons gets shot with a uh, a needle. Some one of one of Ada's men, quote unquote, shoots him in the neck with a needle and infects him with, I guess, the C virus. He starts fucking mutating, but we don't see him until later on. Um, Leon runs into. Eventually, we run back into Simmons, and he's he's starting to mutate into this creature that defies all reason. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it becomes this gigantic, massive thing of flesh out of, and, and it can contract too and turn back into a human sized Simmons. And then it can expand again because it happens multiple times. Yeah. Into like a dog that's the size of a train car. Yeah. So, so does he supposedly weigh the same in between? Like, is that the lightest gigantic dog ever? Or is he somehow become like a four hundred pound man? 
<laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, at least in T2, you know, he couldn't become a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. You know, he's a good metal. He's got to be something. He's one size. He can form however he wants, but, you know, he's got to maintain his mass. I, I do not know. C virus can do amazing things. Saddens me a little bit. <laughs> we don't care. We're not trying. Like we, we know it doesn't make sense. We just don't give a shit. Yeah, that, that by this point we don't give a shit. I mean, it, it is a spectacle to see. You know, but this is a fundamental rule of this universe that that I don't know that anybody cares about. I mean, you can say, yes, this game is like a crazy action movie, but this is this is bigger than this game. This is the C-Virus. This is a big part of the universe. Yeah, Neo Umbrella, man. I totally forgot to mention that. Umbrella is back. I got another fucking emo. They, <laughs> they, uh, but yeah, Umbrella is back after we, we destroyed it in, I guess, Resident Evil 5? I don't think it was around in Resident Evil 5. I think it was just you know Wesker going off on his crazy... Tangents. He may still have been a part of Umbrella. I'm not too sure, but this, you know, this is years later, and this new group called Neo Umbrella comes up with the C virus. So, um, have a boss fight with Simmons, and then we proceed to have like three more boss fights with Simmons. Yeah, one takes place on a train. And then one takes place. You know, the first time we fight him is in the. Uh, is, is it like the entrance to a museum? It's like a gigantic fucking room. Uh, yeah, I don't see what that was. And then we have him. Then we do one on. I the think roof? it's. Oh, yeah, the roof is the final one. It's the, it's the roof of the building that we're on. Um, Did we fight him on the catwalk at one point? Yeah. Broken. Broken building connector. Yeah, you 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 fight him there. Uh, you're playing as Leon. I'm I'm Helena inside the building trying to snipe whatever the fuck I can. Unfortunately, even though there is sniper ammo laying around, I can't use it because I have too much things on in my inventory. Too many fucking things on my inventory because it, you can't pick up ammo. So, this so many design choices. Um, and then, you know, you, you run off, uh, Ada's there, she's helping you out, uh, always mysterious, but she gives us, uh, after, after defeating Simmons, kicking him, uh, down through the building into the lobby where we fought him the first time. He lands on a fucking spike that's in the middle of the room, and the, his blood comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His blood comes out of his body and slides down the spike and then lands on the floor in a perfect emblem that when it zooms out, it's the umbrella emblem. And I was like, all right. First off, that is kind of cool. Secondly, Get the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> I was like, come on. So it's, uh, but he's not dead. You know, he's not dead. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna go one more time. So he turns into the bug thing. Yep. And then chases after us while we're on the, um, or wait, do we kill him as the bug thing and then he falls and that's his final death? I can't really remember. Yeah, because I think he turned turned into a bug while we were up on the roof. Yeah, he was like the the weird like thing with wings and shit. And then we uh, had to use lightning rods because oh, there's lightning rods everywhere apparently. Because <laughs> he's he's absorbing the zombies. He is taking zombies and absorbing them into his body to, I guess, basically heal himself. Uh, and so we impale a zombie with a lightning rod. He then grabs that zombie with the lightning rod. Now the lightning rod is stuck inside of him. Lightning strikes him. You do this twice and then he's dead. Uh, but the, uh, the, the important thing is Ada not only leaves us a helicopter to escape in, but she also gives Leon her, uh, makeup case. Her makeup case has a, uh, drive on it that has all the evidence showing that Simmons was behind it all. So now Leon's name is cleared because for some reason Leon was being blamed for everything. I think Helena was being blamed for. Well, well I think they were blamed they, for the death of the president because they were there when he was. That could be it. They could be like, "Oh, you're you're being blamed for the the death of the president," along with like you know, everybody in this American town turning into zombies or something like that. Everybody's yeah. everybody's kind of labeling you as a terrorist. When did we fight? You know, in relation to that fight, when was the zombie Tyrannosaurus Rex? Remind me which one's the, the zombie T-Rex? That was the one with the giant eye in it. It was like a T-Rex with an eye in his mouth, and we were running around like a like a circular stage, and we we're trying to shoot the, the red barrels. That was Simmons. That was the first time we fought Simmons. First one? Yeah. Okay. Because if you remember correctly, when we blow up the barrels, he turned back into Simmons, and then you would fucking straddle him and beat the living shit out of him. Yeah. Prior to the train. Yeah. And then we, 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 is that, and then I think the train's the first time, right? Or no? Yeah. See, I thought the train was the first one. It may be. I can't, <laughs> like I said, it all fucking just jumbles together. But we haven't done, we haven't done Aegis campaign yet. Um, hopefully that will shed some light on what the hell she is. Um, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I think we've talked about this a, a good, a good amount. I, I mean, we can't really do like the whole walkthrough. This isn't like a full, full on series for Resident Evil six, but I mean, as far as, as far as I go with it, it's serviceable. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's ambitious. If, if anything, holy shit. You know, does it does it execute on all of its ambitions? Hell no. Or at least not as well as it could have if it, you know. It it, it does a lot of things, 
but it certainly would have done a lot of things better if they had cut half the game out. You know, if they had done maybe, you know, Chris's and Leon's and just expanded them, had them made more, make more sense. Right. You know, screwed the whole thing up. Maybe that would have been a, a better game instead of having four distinct campaigns. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I know it sounds like we've trashed this game the entire time. I think I would most certainly dislike this game if I played it alone. Yeah. I mean, I think I would just burn out on it. I don't think I would hate it. I think I would just kind of get bored with it. Yeah. That's 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 my issue with it. I mean, it's like it it, it is it does have that novelty of hey, I'm playing with you. And yeah. it's in that's- that the best that, parts of the game. Yeah, that that's what makes that's what really what makes this game is uh, you know I have somebody to play with me because those ridiculous elbow drops would not be as impressive if I wasn't watch, like watching you do them is really funny. Yeah, <laughs> wrestling move, finishing moves on the zombies. Oh yeah, she totally has like a flying gigabuster fucking craziness. <laughs> it's nuts. Helena is apparently a very big fan of professional wrestling. So, but it's um, it's a very interesting title. Um, they could have toned back some of the just you know reusing the same, not only the same bosses and stuff like that, but but fucking hell, just just tone back on the action a little bit. Yeah, it was just you know there was just so many things that were just kind of ridiculous. I think they were trying to like get the vibe from the movies. You know, the movies of like this crazy action stuff. This, this, you know what this feels like? This feels like, you've never seen those. You've never seen the fast and furious series. Have you? Uh, the first two. Okay. The fast and the furious, the original movie. Is a, is a movie. It has a plot. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Okay? I, I for, for the record, I love those movies. I think they're ridiculously fun. But, the, but they're not amazing fucking movies. But the first one had a coherent plot. Right? Mm-hmm. Resident Evil has became the Fast and the Furious in the, the series itself. Because now... You don't go to the to the movies to watch a Fast and the Furious movie. You go to watch these crazy fucking action things and all these throwbacks to previous movies and stuff yeah. like that. And it's the same way with Resident Evil. Resident Evil 6 is essentially the Fast 5 of Resident Evil series. It's it it, it it's non-stop action. You go there for the popcorn, and it's it, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, it, but at the same time, they're still they still have enough Resident Evil in there to make me give a shit. Because you could totally take out Leon and Chris and Sherry and Ada, and just have random people in it. And mm-hmm. and and it would not it it would not be Resident Evil. 
You could right. call you could call it Zombie Apocalypse the game. Yeah, and no one would really think it's Resident Evil. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's interesting how it has evolved, to say the least. It's it's I I don't no, I don't hate this game. I don't I don't want anybody thinking I hate it. Otherwise, we wouldn't be playing it. <laughs> Um, which I, I take that back because I did play through Alone in the Dark. <laughs> I, I go back to that all the time and I forever will. F- fuck that game. Fuck Alone in the Dark. I hate that game so bad. And I got the fucking platinum in it. <laughs> I think if I didn't get the platinum in it, there may be that small piece of me that would say, hey, I haven't done everything I need to do in that game. Now that I have the Platinum in it, there is no need to ever play that game ever again. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. The Resident Evil 6 is a very, very interesting piece of entertainment. I, I, it's, it's hard to even explain. It's there's far too much action, but at the same time, I want to see where it's going to go. But then yeah, when, it, when I'm it, just interested in that world and I want to know what Leon's going to do and what Chris is going to do. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, obviously I, I guess they're going to make a Resident Evil seven. Haven't they already said they're going to do one? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Cause you, if you remember correctly after Resident Evil five, like a few months after Resident Evil 5 came out, they said that the next Resident Evil was going to be basically a reboot. And then they released Resident Evil 6. And that's most certainly not a reboot. Oh, so, not in any way. Yeah. So I don't know um, if they're going to do a 7, sure. When 7 comes out, fuck, I, of course I'm going to buy it. It's Resident Evil. And if it has co-op, I'm sure I'm going to play with Matt. So it, that's, yep. that's the thing. Is like it, I don't know. It's like a tradition now. Yeah, I just I gotta play the next Resident Evil. You know, but I tell you one thing on the topic of Resident Evil, Revelations Two is actually really good. <laughs> it is it is so well paced. Did it, you say you like better than Revelations One? Yes, by far. Revelations One. Revelations 1 was okay. To me, it felt like a cheap knockoff. Well, you get when it's designed for a handheld. This is true. Revelations 2 still has that kind of a knockoff feel. It feels like a a B-tier Resident Evil. But it's fine. Because we made the comparison... Hey, Resident Evil 6 feels like this giant blockbuster movie, right? And Revelations 2 feels like, much like in Dragon, like with Dragon Age. Now you said, you know, Dragon Age Origins felt like this blockbuster movie, while Dragon Age 2 felt like a, a television series. That's exactly what Revelations 2 feels like. It feels, it feels like a congested television series. In fact, so much in fact that every time you start a new episode, you hear Claire say previously on Revelations 2. So it's 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 actually really well done. I I I fully admit I did rage quit on the second episode because 
the AI is not good at all. Like it's what you'd come to expect if you played Resident Evil Six by yourself. And I, I there was there was I had I had used too many healing items and didn't have any more, and I had to rely on my AI to climb up a ladder. And for some reason they they want to die, so they don't climb up the ladder. And that happened like five times. And I said, you know what? I will come back to this later. But I do suggest Re- Re- Revelations 2, is, is, the way it handles both ep- episodically, which is actually really cool. You know, it, it, in most games, you say episodic. And they say, oh, so the, a new episode comes out each month. Not in Re- Revelations form. They basically finish the game, and each week, just like with a television show, they release a new episode. And you know, each each episode lasts maybe upwards to about three hours. So it's actually it's really good. I think you'd like it, Matt. Yeah, I, I plan on playing it as soon as I finish Revelations one and then round to two. But yeah, I think we've exhausted enough Resident Evil. I mean, I I, I plan on finishing it. So yeah. Campaign. Yeah, it's, it's one more campaign. In fact, I don't know how long her Ada's campaign is. It may be a full-fledged campaign like the rest of them. It may not be. I know it's the same number of chapters. I don't know the length of each chapter. Right. Okay. Well, if that's the case, we'll uh, we'll find out. Um, but anyway, I, I hope everybody enjoyed us talking about Resident Evil 6. Like I said, I know it sounded like we were down on the game, and we are in some aspects, but in in other aspects, it's still it, it's it's fine. It's 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 fun, you know. It's, yeah. it's it's dumb action. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get my hopes up for it, but if I hadn't played it, and you know, I had a week off or something, you know, it'd be a good way to good way to kill some time. It'll kill quite a bit of time. It's a long game if you play all four campaigns. Yeah, long game, like over twenty hours. Over yeah. twenty hours, easily. That's that's a hell of a game. Each each campaign is a game in and of itself. So it's um, I'm sure you can find it cheap if you haven't played it. Spoiler: we we kind of spoiled the game, but whatever. It's still it's still quite the spectacle to see. It has mercenaries. I wonder if anyone's playing that game online still. I would guess not. I would guess not because we did multiple. Parts of of two campaigns where we met up with other play other characters, and those usually have players. Well, I specifically set those to private. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I'm sure there's probably somebody out there still playing that. I don't know. I mean, it's it's sort of unique enough that I could imagine someone who loved it would keep playing it. Yeah. I don't, who knows? But uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I still suggest it to people. I don't think it's the best in the series by any means. But do you think uh, say it again. Do you think it's the worst in the series? No. It's it's most certainly the most different, but. 
I'll be dead honest with you. I did not like Resident Evil 3. Mm. I don't think 3 gets enough love, but... I don't... For some reason, I just... I did not like Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. I just... um, It it, it just wasn't... It it was fine, you know? It's another one of those, "Ah, it's Resident Evil and I'll play it. I just didn't like the whole Nemesis thing and... It, it, what bummed me out the most was it was taking place during the same time as Resident Evil 2. And I was like, come on, we've seen this already. You know, we're going to the same spots and shit like that. And I mean, it's interesting how they do that stuff. But at the same time, I was like, I, I was bummed that it was like, oh, it's, it's taking place during Resident Evil 2. I don't care. I know what happens in Resident Evil 2. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I... <sighs> Do I have a least favorite? Yeah, Nemesis. Nemesis would be my least favorite. To be honest with you, six is fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a decent game. But um, yeah, that's, I think that's it for us. We're gonna get out of here. You can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And uh, you can follow the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. I hope you're all excited because we are going to continue our year of Metal Gear starting next week. We play through Metal Gear Solid, the classic PlayStation 1 game that will forever be my favorite game of all time. And now we're going to move on to Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. I know that there's a few people who listen to this show who really, really love that game. And while I say it is still a very good game, I don't think it's the best in the series. It's the Resident Evil 6? It's the Resident Evil 6, yeah. It's 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 alright. It's alright. And we'll get into that. Because... The people who do listen to this show, there is one person in particular who has never played a Metal Gear Solid game and is following yep. along with us, Jamie. That's I don't crazy. Want, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything because there's some crazy fucking shit that happens in Metal Gear Solid 2. And please send in some more emails. I would love to hear your sort of in-progress thoughts of the game as we're going through it. Absolutely, Jamie, please. You are a lifeblood for, for Metal Gear. I want you to send us updates on what you think is happening and what you can understand of this game because we can't play these again for the first time. Yeah. Cause I, I I'm going to be dead honest with you. Metal gear solid two is possibly one of the most confusing games you'll ever play. <laughs> There's, I mean, there's, there's some, I played that game in 2002 and I still can't tell you exactly what happened in that game. And I'm sure there's people out there who can tell me right away what exactly happened in that game. And that is what we're going to do when we play through next week and the following weeks of Phoenix down, we are going to iron out what exactly happens in metal gear solid two. Because it's been it's been pressing on me for a while now. 
But until then, I'm Drew. Now I'm Matt. And we are out of here. We'll catch you guys next week when we begin Metal Gear Solid 2.